0: Welcome to Speak It On This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners And not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination Opinions expressed are solely those of the host So I was listening to one of my teachers the other day And he said something I thought was pretty, pretty profound Something pretty simple, and you wouldn't think it's profound. But he said, "What you do today counts forever." Whoa, it's pretty heavy. What you do today counts forever. It's amazing. Sometimes it feels like we are in kind of a terrarium all by ourselves. And there's all kinds of stuff moving around us. You know, all kinds of... all kind of uh, life and sex animals just moving around us. But it feels like we're the only one there. And... uh I know it's amazing that in a world as full of people, you can actually be super lonely. I mean, just kind of... Even with people all around. And, of course, unfortunately, we've gotten to the point where we retreat more from church... So, we're not really wanting to go to church and interact with people. Uh, We don't want jobs that involve talking to people. So, you know, we'd rather sit in front of the computer and, you know, do that. And now, don't get me wrong, you know, it's nothing matter with a solitary job. But here's the thing at some given point, uh, we're losing the organic part of being human and beyond that the church if you're part of Jesus's movement if you're part of the church and i don't mean you go to church because you can go to church like you can go to a garage like you can go to a restaurant so you can go to a church and not be any more part of Jesus's movement and part of the part of the part of what he's got be his just like you can go in a restaurant and not be a waiter because you go into a restaurant doesn't mean you're a waiter. So here's the thing: what we do counts forever. We get one shot at it. One of the things that worries even rich people is time. You can have all the resources in the world. But if you don't have time, then you can't get any more. Now, I, I know there are, you know, people that say, "Well, no, this medical procedure can extend your life," and uh, very true. Um, I had a a friend who posted on social media he's talking about how wonderful he and his dad had an experience you know had a really good relationship and then his dad lived to be 107 wow okay now that's like almost Moses time I mean that's really cool but he still only made 107 and if you ask someone that's got a ton of resources. How long they want to live? They'll tell you one day more. You know, just one day more. One day more. So here's the thing. I'm not, and this isn't designed to be a bummer because look, you got time. If you're here, you're listening to this, you have some time. Don't know how much time, but with the time you have, what you do counts forever. Now, how do I know that? Am I just pulling this out of the blooming air? Is that, you know, you know? L.A.'s hit his head on something. Maybe he's working outside and the rake hit him or something. I don't know. Let, let me look. Let's look at a, at a few scriptures, okay, to kind of look at this, to kind of approach this idea. First of all, um, let's just pull the bandage off and go to the end of the book and we're going to cheat a little. We're going to look at the end of the book and we're going to read what happens next to all of us. All right. And that's Revelation. The book of the Revelation of John. We call it Revelations because, hey, it's Revelations, but we don't always add the of John. Anyway so in the book of Revelation chapter 20 verse 12 he says and I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and books were opened then another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they did. Or what they had done, it says. According to what they did. Now, this is the ESV version, English Standard. So, several things we can look at, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist, okay? You know, to really, you don't have to be a brain surgeon. I've talked to some neurologists, and they're pretty smart people. I want to tell you. But here's the thing. Don't have to be any of that. Don't have to have a PhD to figure something out of of this. And first of all, um, you know, there's a little debate of are these all the lost dead people? Or are they the, you know, the saved dead people? Are these Jesus' people in here? Well, let me give you some observations and just some thought processes, okay? This is just some thought processes. First of all, we understand that some books were open. Now, books, something's in them. They're recording stuff, writing it down. And guess how long this book lasts? Forever. And guess when it started? Forever. So here's the thing. Saw, he says he saw the great and small, so it doesn't matter. It does not matter if you're the homeless guy on the street or you're Bill Gates or the King of England. It doesn't matter anymore. Not then. Great and small doesn't matter. we it's this is a level playing field. Now, then the books were open, and the books, guess what? they you know these weren't uh, you know uh, like travel guides, okay, of Europe. These were like, hey, This is what this person has done, because it says, it says books, actually it says, and books were open, more than one. Mm, Interesting. Doesn't say what they are, not going to speculate too hard, I'm going to say that that's going to be stuff about the person. Now, then another book was open, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Now, not what they knew, not what they said, not what they told everybody they believed, but what they had done. Now, I'm going to say that the situation being that if you belong to Jesus in this situation, then the books are still going to record stuff about you. And it's going to record what you did. But in that situation, it's going to be rewards. What is going to happen? What is going to happen? Well, it's rewards. It's the situation is, hey... So-and-so did this, and look look what he did. And if you have a lot of things that you've done for the Lord in your life, you'll get a lot of rewards that you can then return to Him in honor. Okay. Now, if you're lost, if you don't have Jesus, that's going to be a different story. That's not going to play well. Now, Let's back up and look at 2 Corinthians 5.10. And this is, in a way, Paul kind of clarifying what we just talked about. So, in 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul, talking to the Corinthians, and by the way, the Corinthian church was a bag of, was was, just crazy as a bag of cats. They had a ton of issues so he's trying to straighten these things out they had a lot of really fantastic gifts but also they were abusing these gifts and also they had a lot of issues so here's the thing he's he's saying this for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Okay, I'm going to back up and repeat that one more time. And This is Paul saying, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now obviously, if you don't belong to Jesus and you're standing in front of the judgment seat and you got a lot of evil on you in your history, that's going to go poorly. But if you have been trying to live the life the Lord wants you to live and serve other people, help and be a force for good in this world, then that judgment will be, like I mentioned, rewards. But the thing is, the optimum phrase here is all. That's the word, all. For we must all appear. And this is this is Paul talking to believers. Okay. Now Do Christians screw up and do evil stuff? Oh, yeah. Do they still need to get the punishment? Yeah, they will. People think, oh, no, they just ask forgiveness, everything's done, and then there's no no problem. Uh, Wrong. did not work that way. What happens is, you mess up in this body, and you do something evil, you do something God didn't want you to do, you get disciplined for it. And discipline is, can be harsh, depending on what's going on. Because God's the perfect judge. God gives you what you earn. Whether you're saved or lost. Now here's the issue, though. If you belong to Him, it's for your improvement. If you don't belong to Him, it's for your judgment. But it's still behavior modification. God doesn't want evil people. It's you know he says in the Old Testament in Jeremiah he does not delight in the death of evil people or of the wicked. It, I think the phrase is. So it's behavior modification. He wants evil people to do less evil, and he wants you know obviously less evil, more good. What what does he want for saved people? The people that that believe in him, that belong to him. He wants his kids to do more good, less evil. But do Christians screw up and do junk? Do they cut people off in traffic? Do they do they you know give them hand signs and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Now, now somebody's probably gonna say, "Well, La, have you ever given anybody a hand signs?" Uh, actually, that's no. I, it's not one of the things I do. I do do a lot of yelling, though. And is it profanity? No. But I do a lot of yelling. Yeah. Um, not out the window. Not you moron. Stuff like that. But basically... Uh, in the driving thing, yes. You can get testy. But the issue is... We should be working on not getting that way. Is it hard? Yes, it's hard. But then again, Jesus didn't say, Oh yeah, you have faith in me and life's easy. No, no, no. Now what he said is, I'll always be with you. Now, let's look at another book. And of course, it's one of my favorites. It's the book of James. This is James 3. 4, chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. And this is James, again, talking to some people. And these were Jewish Christians, saying, saying, look, let's look at some stuff. And here's what James says, starting verse 13. He says, come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we'll go and do such and such t- into such and such a into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Now, let me just say, that last section, people love to quote that. They quote that, a lot so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin and they slap that on everything now is that a universal thought process there's some yes I believe it's a, it's a, that idea is a, a situation where <laughs> where if you know the right thing to do and you don't do it then it's wrong if you don't, you know somebody's choking to death in the restaurant and you know the Heimlich, and you don't go help, you know, or at least try to help, yeah, that's it's kind of wrong it's not kind of wrong, it actually is and then you can say, "Well, yes, but they could sue me or they could do this, or you know what if they die anyway, or you know, here's the thing. Again, seeking to do good. Seeking to do good. God doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say, Oh yeah, every time you try to do do something good, everything's going to turn out rosy. That's not what he says. Sometimes, no good deed will go unpunished. (laughs) In this fallen world we live in, sometimes doing something good can backfire on you. But you know what? When the book is open, and it's written on there, guess who gets credit, and guess how long the credit lasts? Forever. It lasts forever. Now, there's another section of this in James I want to point out, and that is Where it says, as it is, he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Now, what is James getting at? James is getting at this. The Lord is in control. But also... We should be looking at the Lord's at the Lord's will, at God's will, at Jesus' will, trying to do it every day. Instead of saying, Oh yeah, man, I'm in control. No, I got it. I got it. You know, hey, let's go to let's go to such and such town and spend some time over there and we can make some money. But the problem is, you don't know if you're even going to get there. So with every moment in the eternal present we have to be trying to do his will. Now where can you find his will? You can find it in his word. Do you read his word? If you do, you're going to know his will. Because he lays it out very specifically in there. Now if you're not studying the Bible but you are a believer, you're starving yourself. You're going to get anemic. And anemic Christians are the ones that probably end up doing the evil <laughs> more of that than the one that you know than the other. Now, why do I say probably? Because the word when it gets in you, it changes. Have you ever heard this phrase? and they use this a lot in, in, in many Protestant circles and that is that either sin will keep you from the word or the word will keep you from sin that is a truism the reason you read the word has more to do with than it being an obligatory chore <laughs> I to read the Bible today. Oh, no. It's okay. Here you go. Let me read this Bible and make God happy. Yeah, that's not it. Does it make God happy? You know what makes God happy when you read the Word? When you do it. When you read the Word, you internalize it, and then you live it. It goes out the other other side of your life. That's what makes God happy. Not just the chore reading the word, but not but reading the word in order to change the behavior the way he wants it to be so that's why you always hear me talk about prayer bible study and what and outreach actually is what I say, but witnessing is part of outreach. it's so important I can't even fathom how important that reading studying the word of god is because it's food for your spirit if you want that steam engine to go you gotta feed it if you want that reactor to go you gotta put plutonium in it if you've got something you want you are an engine, a spiritual engine, and you have to stoke the fire. And believe me, you stoke the fire of the Spirit, and you're going you're gonna to do some, some stuff. You're going to do some awesome, amazing stuff that's going to make people just absolutely in shock. So, with that thought in mind... I want to encourage you to keep on speaking it on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your